inches. That's not so hot. I guess uh, this guy's gonna die. It's on top of the car. It's on top of the car. <laughs> what do you want in this sandwich? Ah, I want guff. Welcome to AV Corp 69. No talking, it's about to start. Hello and welcome to another episode of AV Club 69. With me, Mark, and my esteemed colleague... Rob! Yes, there he is, Robert. Um, I was going to say, I should just make a quick disclaimer, and I think... Every time I've done an episode up until now, I've actually not said the correct title of the show because you did call me out last time. And for some reason in my mind, I think I always kept saying just either AV69 or Club AV69. And I think it's just because I, when I'm editing stuff, I normally just abbreviate it to AV69. So I think that is, my, that is the excuse for my foible and you will have to live with it, sir. Well, that's fine. I mean, AV69, AV or Club AV69 does sound a bit, uh, you know, we're going to Ibiza on, the, on a party bus kind of thing, you know. So um, It does. Get the party shirts ready. Yeah, but we're a bunch of 69-year-olds, so it's an OAP. <laughs> oh, I've seen that movie. Yeah, it's the talkies and all that. So, yes. yeah. Yeah, it's very nice. OAP prices, though, as well. Bloody slap-up breakfast for only <laughs> €2.90. Oh, I like Lovely. I like English food when I go abroad. Mmm, the bacon's never the same though, is it? No, never. no, they feed those pigs differently, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's good to be back for another episode, and I'm glad we've got the title right because it, you know it's, it's a difficult one to get. We've, which you know, it's taken a little while to uh, to just iron, you know, to get to get our groove going. So why not get the title wrong a few times? It's all part of the fun. It is. We've just got to find our mojo. <laughs> well, I will um, get started without any further ado. Lights down, Ooh. please. Ooh. <gasps> Who was that? We open with the studio logo to tense music that sounds like, to me anyway, like tapping on a radiator. The sound of helicopter blades build in the background and then slowly move towards us and they fill the entire soundscape that we see an establishing shot of a city at night. We cut interior where a man and a woman are going over a statement for a news article about a certain someone that I will reveal later. They are interrupted by a sound of something. It just sounds like it's coming from above. But they ignore this. They take a moment to break away from the, the interview that they're doing, the, this statement that they're working on. And then the man says, come on, Liz, no rush to go home. And then he gets all sly and he smoothly gives her a neck massage. Smooth operator. He then turns on the TV and the boxing is on, kind of random. And the woman sort of dismisses it in a sort of like, I don't want to watch that kind of way. To which the man remarks, what, you got something against violence? And then suddenly, a SWAT team smash through the window and punch Liz <laughs> out, knocking her through a pane of glass. Oh, Liz. 
<laughs> I know, Liz, she's down. The man reaches for his gun and he turns around, but the team have seemingly disappeared. He fires shots frantically, just all over the place, but then all of a sudden a SWAT guy, just for good measure, smashes down through another pane of glass and pins his hand to the wall with a switchblade. He quickly is surrounded by the SWAT gang and then is blown out the window by... I think it's a I think it's a grenade launcher, but it looks like a mini bazooka. It's one of the two. Another bazooka, no way. And then our poor guy, he goes through the window, and then we get an external shot of his body falling ablaze like a paper bag caught in the wind. So you can tell it's just a, a stunt dummy. And then it smashes through a restaurant window below. Oh my god. And then we cut to opening credits, upbeat funky music and scenes of cars being manufactured and general city life. <laughs> so, wow. I might leave that there and just let you digest Ooh. that small nugget. Okay, so they're in the apartment, he's trying to make his move and they yeah, so maybe there's some sort of mafia thing or like he's like you know, and then, and then suddenly, bang, the SWAT team comes in, knocks old poor Lizzie out. I mean, she's mm-hmm. she doesn't see the whole thing. And then and then poor old what's-his-face just gets blown out of the bloody yep. side of it and smashed into a restaurant. Oh, my God. Yeah. It goes, I oh. Know. Poor, poor people just trying to enjoy their trying to enjoy their chops, mate. Wow, <laughs> mate, their chops, yeah. Wowzers. I mean, crikey. You think, well, he goes, ah. Oh, intense clean up on r5 i mean it's just ridiculous <laughs> wow so and there's a shot of the of the city life so maybe are we following some sort of um sort of cop thing are we are we going mm. in for like this is some sort of i'm guessing i'm guessing it's some sort of like crime crime thing you know like a paper yeah <laughs> so like you know there's the mafia or something and They've gone in to try and, um, you know, kill the head honcho or something, and a poor Liz got caught in a crossfire. She really did. She gets knocked out cold. Ooh. Really, like, just bang. Wow. Okay. And then we've got a city life. So I'm thinking, oh, you know, there's the hardworking people. They're getting done over by the the criminal, criminal un- underworld of this town. And the yeah. SWAT team come in to clean up the goddamn street. Started from the top, literally from the top of a building. Literally from the top. <laughs> yeah. All oh, right. So what explosive start. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Should I play a card? If you wish, sir. If you wish. Okay. Um. Hmm. Well, let's go crazy and flip the script and reveal some dialogue for oh, later wow. part of the movie. Let's do it. Okay. All right. <laughs> let me um let me have a little quick look here then. Let's see what's going on. So, protagonist. Sure. Why not make Charlie Manson a high school guidance counsellor? And then our second character. Just because the man had a few family problems. Our protagonist. His son's a sexual psychopath. With problems like that, I'd get him neutered. (laughs) Our other character. I know you take this matter very personally. Our protagonist. Personally, he cast me my... I'm just going to leave in some blanks there just for later. And then our second character. No. You cost you that. <laughs> you could have handled Sean Deplane more delicately. And then our protagonist, how? Send him an engraved invitation. Come on down here and join us in City Hall. Dress casual, RSVP. And then our second character, you nearly tore that boy's arm off. <laughs> our protagonist, so? 
he had a spare. <laughs> oh, what? Wow. Yeah, so, okay. Okay. I, so, I redacted a little bit there. Yeah. So basically, we've got one character, our protagonist, talking to the other, and he's clearly not happy about something. Mm. And yeah, he goes on to say, you know, the character two is like, hey, I know you take it personally. Our protagonist is like, personally, he cast me my something. <gasps> right. You know? Okay. So some, some things at stake. Okay, then. I don't know if that helps you out yeah, at all. Yeah. So. Well, I'm thinking. Uh, <laughs> Our protagonist, Stephanie, he sounds like he works for the goddamn law. Or he's some like... Oh. Yeah, or he's, you know, he, he he's down the town hall, you know, he's city hall. He's uh, he's down there, maybe he's some, you know... He, he, well, yeah, he's some tough guy cop who who doesn't play by the rules. And uh, oh, and um, he, he rips someone's goddamn arm off. Well, he's got a spare, any <laughs> he? And he's, you he's know, got a spare, goddammit. it! Yeah, he's just full of apathy for the world because something happened to him. He's been, oh. he's been wronged. Oh, oh okay, okay. Then. All right, these are good. These are good. These are good assumptions. These are good okay, assumptions as well. Good. Well, you can always use the old flip the script again. I have a few other little bits okay. and bobs, and you know, hopefully, as we move along, I won't have to redact so uh, any. Yeah, that's we'll, cool. You know, but well done for not accidentally those. giving it away because it's very difficult to do, isn't it? It is. Right, so we're kind of into Act 1 now. Mm. We cut to... I guess I can't really get around this one. So we cut to two cops on patrol. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yes! Cop 1 goes, It was a regular fuckerama at my place last night. <laughs> Cop 2, Can the shit, Con Blue. <laughs> there ain't been no pussy at your pad since your mother helped you move in. <laughs> they ought to call your place the House of Wax. Oh my god. Yeah, so we got some real jive smack talking cups there. We now then cut between a young black man on the street who's eyeing up people as they walk by. Um, and we, it looks like he wants to steal something. Anyway, our cops sort of drive by and they see him and they, re- they remark, uh, Cop 1 says, I'm surprised you don't wear a t-shirt that says, hey, I steal shit. Uh, and then cop two goes, what does he think? We're driving an ice cream truck? <laughs> cop one, he's got to be kidding. Cop two, this boy would have to go to college for four years just to reach the level of shit for brains. <laughs> so, wow, classy, classy law enforcement. There. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So we see our young man. He is doing exactly what they suspect him of doing, Rob. And he attempts to steal a purse from this lady. But he gets his ass handed to him by the lady that he's trying to steal from. And she beats him with the bag. <laughs> Brilliant. Go on, Gloria. Well done, love. So our cops, they pick him up. And then we learn that his name is Albert. And they got him in the back of the squad car. And they kind of start laying into him a little bit, you know. So, kind of back and forth now between our cops that's in the car with Albert. And uh, we sort of start this little bit of dialogue here. And, yeah, it goes back and forth. So, some say he didn't even have a mother. Some say the researchers at NASA created him to be the first man to walk on the moon without a spacesuit. <laughs> Others say his, mo- his mother was molested by Bigfoot. <laughs> and uh, he's their mutant offspring. <laughs> They bring him in when they want to re-educate someone, uh, of, you know, uh, someone young, nerd well, such as yourself, Albert. I remember one kid got re-educated so bad, his testicles climbed back up into his belly. <laughs> Wouldn't come out. They called it a medical miracle. <laughs> He's so vicious, we don't even let him have a gun. Oh my god, is this Chuck Norris? 
<laughs> it's Chuck Norris. It's 1974. It's the Chuck Norris show. <laughs> it's not Chuck Norris. I guess I can give that away. It sounds like someone's describing Chuck Norris. It does, doesn't it? Wow, this guy, this guy really... Wow, he's a myth. He's a legend. Mm, it would appear so. It would appear so indeed. Do you want to play any other cards at this early stage? Or Yeah, okay. Let's... Um, let's let's um, Let's play. Um, let's play a mise en scene. Let's go. You get, so you get to choose to reveal the style, of the film, or time period. Or yeah, film. yeah, so yeah. Let's go for. Yeah, let's go for time period. Time period. Okay, Rob. Well, it's going to shock you. It's really going to shock you. But we're in hardcore 1980s territory here. Aha, okay, I had a feeling in my mind. 1988, back. to be specific. 1988. Yeah. Okay. So, right. you know, yeah, do what you will with that info. Start Whoa. pondering in your mind, building a we're, mind we're... map of the <laughs> twisted corridors and alleyways of this city life. So it's either going to be something like New York City or like Chicago or something like that, I'm guessing. Mm. It's going to be like we're, we're coming out of the uh, cigar-smoking, cocaine-taking period of time into into like almost you know the rave scene's about to happen you know there's still gonna be some big hair going on here i think oh there's there still will gonna be. be a lot of some big uh you know so a lot of uh hairspray and things yeah so <laughs> the ozone layer is not happy right now it is barely existent at this point <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so uh, no so you you are right we're obviously yeah so we're, we're a city we're not in chicago we're not in new york but i did sort of drop hint earlier where i said that there was car manufacturing happening Oh, Detroit. That's right, Detroit. Detroit. We're in Detroit. So, oh, you know, that right. will probably help you a little bit as we move on. You'll you'll understand a little bit more why that okay. might become relevant. Well, why don't I why don't I play a bit of a let's play a custard card as well. Let's stick in this plot, boy. Let's do this. Okay, we'll thicken a plot. So we've got a guy called Peter Delaplane, and so he is the head of something called the AWA, the Auto Workers alliance and yeah he is going to be a pro uh, you know a very prominent character as we go forward and there's going to be some some issues that come up with the awa there's going to be a little bit of back and forth between various other members of the awa and okay. that will start to flesh out what right. you know what our sort of general story is so i'll leave you with that but i will now move along i guess uh, to our next scene okay we've got our kid He's been picked up, and so our cops go and take him downtown. And then they book in the kid, and one of the cops randomly tries to pick up a woman who's also being, like, booked at the at the station. And he just out of nowhere says, how much is a hand job? And then she suggests, <laughs> how about a foot job? And the, the cop's like, huh, what, what, okay, oh, okay, playing ball. How much is that? And so then she just kicks him in the nuts. <laughs> and whilst there's all this commotion, the kid that they've just picked up tries to escape, and he sort of makes a breakthrough it but he is thwarted very quickly when he runs into our protagonist's desk and he sort of like sees the name, the name that they've been talking about, you know, that's put the fear of God into him. And he sort of like <laughs> shakily picks up the nameplate on the desk and faints. <laughs> and that's when we we get a shot of our protagonist. Oh, and that's sort of right. like introducing him. So we've established his, you know, like you say, his myth, his legend, him. His name literally is quivering people in their boots to fall. Wow, jeez. I know, it's tough stuff. 
And so we then just cut to a scene where our protagonist is, you know, talking, talking shop with his colleagues. And then he gets called into his boss's uh, office. And they're sort of briefly in there discussing the incident that we obviously witnessed at the start of the, the movie there. And we end up with a little bit of uh, tension between our protagonist and his superior. And we sort of talk a little bit about what we touched on in the flip the script there. And then his superior needs him to do something. What do you think he needs him to do, Rob? Does he need to go undercover? He doesn't need to go undercover, no. He's, um, he needs to do something that's kind of a bit more, bit more mundane, a bit more sort of um, admin-y. You know, if you're in this uh, world and, you know, you might have to attend certain events and such things. Does, mm, he has to go to some sort of like something mundane. So is he going to be, gonna have to be the face of something to go along to some dinner? Or something. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I'll give you that. Really, yeah. No, he. It's not quite a dinner, but it's a fundraiser. It's just to do with the uh, the auto workers alliance thing. Oh, it sure is, Rob. Oh, there we go. <laughs> ding sure. ding. I joined the dots, mate. I just be. I'm I'm the guy with the the cord going over the the you know the notice board showing the plans. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's what I was going to say. You've got your red yarn out and a fistful <laughs> of pin tacks, and you're ready to go. That's right. Ah, okay. I'm just going to put it out there and thinking, is there going to be some sort of mad corruption with the with the, the AWA or whatever they're called? Mm. Um, okay. So I'm going to think, I'm going to, that's going to be my it's little, gives me some sort of corruption. It goes all the way to the top and it's maybe involves the chief of Ooh. police. Okay, so that's the thread you're going to follow. Okay, well, yes. let, us, let us go together, Rob. Let us dance merrily across that that uh, tightrope of red yarn and moves swiftly <laughs> down the page. Let's do it. So we cut to the fundraiser where we're introduced to Peter Delplane, or Delplane, I think it is, sorry. Yeah, Delplane. And he's welcomed to the stage with great applause. And he gives this, you know, sort of raring speech. And he's talking about this new car called the, the Haley. They sort of talk about it, you know, liken it to Haley's Comet. Um, and you know they're just it's their hot new ticket and he's he's basically won this um, man of the year thing at this fundraiser um, which you know doesn't sit very well with our protagonist and so he yeah he gets up he gives his speech and now our protagonist he's gone along you know to he's done his duties he's gone along to this fundraiser but he's hanging in the back of the room and he runs into a woman any idea who you think this woman might be is it Liz it's not Liz. Liz is dead. Liz is gone, unfortunately. Liz is dead. Liz is dead. I'll give you that now. We don't see Liz oh. ever again. Oh, um, no. I Poor know. Liz. <laughs> I know. You were hanging a lot she on She's got Liz. a face full of wall and yep. now she's in the ground. Unbelievable. Fist wow. full of SWAT. Yeah. Talk about SWATing people. I mean, oh. they, that SWAT team, you know, bloody hell. She's Dropping like more flies. Than just... Way. Uh, okay, so he sees a woman. Yes, so uh, she sort of like okay. is entering the room kind of behind him. You know, she's trying to get to this fundraiser. She plays a bit of a part. Who do you think she might be? It's the Queen of England. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, it's Her Majesty herself, along with Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> and Madonna. That's it, the Holy Trinity. <laughs> wow, okay, so she comes up behind. Is she, is she the mayor or something like that? She's not the mayor. <laughs> She's someone that is of 
you know, the significant other to one of our other characters that we've. Oh, the 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 Peter Delplane. Yeah, yeah, that's it, Peter Delplane. Mrs. Delplane. Yes, it's uh, Patricia Delplane. Nothing Delplane about her. <laughs> no, no, not at all, not at all. So she enters the room behind our main protagonist, our protagonist, sorry, and you know, there's a little exchange. She's like, "Oh, pardon me," and uh, she sort of just quips. She's like, "Oh, you can't hear what he's saying from back here," and our protagonist is like, "I know, it's the best seat in the house." So you can see there's no <laughs> love lost there. And then she says, I take it you're not one of Mr. Delplane's friends. And then our protagonist says, not unless they change the definition. Right. Aloof. And then she gets called to the stage. So our uh, Peter's up there and he calls out, you know, I would like for you to meet my lovely bride. She says, just before she leaves, she says to our protagonist, I bet I can make you change your mind. Oh, saucy. So... Um, After that interaction, we are just then mingling at the fundraiser event. We're sort of networking. And our protagonist kind of makes it clear to someone else there what he really thinks of of Peter. Peter walks up to our protagonist and they have a bit of an exchange. They have a bit of an exchange now. And, I mean, how do you think that exchange goes? And he goes, oh, I see you met my wife. And he's like... Yes, uh, she's at least more, you know, she's uh, talks less than you, which is always a bonus. <laughs> um, and he's like, what are you doing inside of the back of the room? Well, I pretty much hate you, to be honest. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's pretty much it. There's a few words exchanged about past times. Oh, so, you know, they right. do have a, a past. Does he hate the, u- like he hates unions or something like he's like. You goddamn unionists! You sit on your, you know, sit in your ivory tower. The the rest of the workers do their thing, and you you look at you, look at you, you know, with all this, you know, uh, all this guff. It cuts a bit. All this guff. It cuts a little deeper than that. It cuts a little deeper than that. I mean, you can play one of your cards if you like. If you think okay. you're able to crack the nut uh, using your your deck there. Let's uh, let's rod and reel card. Let's uh, remove those false guesses. Okay, right. So um, so where were we at with your guess? You were at the automotive society kind of thing has something to do yeah. with corruption. Corruption at the top. Yeah, yeah. And um, old Del Plain, maybe the chief of police is involved. Well, I can tell you now that the chief of police is not involved. Oh. But there is corruption at the top. So you were correct about that, but it has nothing to do with the old police chief. Right, okay. It's basically just at the top of the old um, AWA kind of uh, corporation. Our police chief is squeaky clean. Okay, so old Del Boy, he's... Uh, he's uh, I think um, our protagonist can smell a rat from far away, so he can. he's keeping his distance. He knows that there's something... Something wrong here. Something and, wrong. Uh, Something yeah, wrong. Yeah, so uh, I bet he goes sniffing around and mm. uh, finds his uh, new bride. Yeah. And he's uh, <laughs> he's like, ah, now I know how to get to him and make him crack. Yes. Okay, well, from our networking event, our fundraiser, we are quickly whisked away to two men on a boat telling jokes. Real random jokes like, you know, what do you call a man with a, a shovel on his head? That kind of thing, like Doug. Oh, yeah, like, Doug. Yeah, yeah. And I think the other one is like, what do you call like um, a man with no arms and no legs, Matt or something stupid? I don't know. Oh, for God's sake. They didn't even go for the, they didn't even go for the, what do you call a man with a seagull on his head? Oh, what's that? Um, oh, what? Cliff. 
Hey. <laughs> I'd never heard that one, so that was very good. You never heard that no, one? No, not the clip. It's always Doug uh, and Douglas, and then people sort of, yeah. like, you know, get a bit fed up, don't they, and go, all right, enough of that. <laughs> so they're making those kinds of jokes. And then we, um, we cut to the inside of the boat where we see a man. He's talking on the phone, and he's discussing the death of Stringer which we learn is the man who got blown away earlier and floated down, you know, the one that was like a paper bag on fire? Yeah, yeah. That was Mr. Stringer. And they're sort of talking about his death. And our character remarks that it was no accident. Somebody iced the guy. And then we cut quickly back to our two jokers. But then something happens to him, Rob. What happens to our two jokers? Our two little jovial (sighs) boat people. I mean, they're not really given roles. They're just kind of on the boat. Do they get shot? They do get shot, but not by a bullet. What else, what else would you might shoot? And it's not a grenade. Uh, it's not a harpoon, is it? <laughs> it's not a harpoon, but it is an arrow. <laughs> an arrow? What yeah. would they... <laughs> One of them gets is... hit by an arrow and he just collapses. But then the other guy's kind of like, you know, just hears his sort of groan. And he's like, oh, I've got some like Gaviscon, basically. He doesn't say Gaviscon, but he says like, I've got some Tum Tums or whatever they are. And uh, but then he's quickly realizes what the hell's going on, and he's like, "What the?" And then someone else appears out of nowhere, and he is struck down by. What do you think he's struck down by? <laughs> um, uh, indigestion. I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> um, does he get struck down by a seagull? It's uh, not a seagull. Lightning. It's some- no, not lightning. It is something that appeared earlier at the start of the movie. It was another another weapon that appeared. It wasn't. Oh, the grenade launcher. It's not the grenade launcher, it was the switchblade. He just gets taken out by a switchblade oh. to the chest and just falls in the what sea. What the hell? Yeah. Where are these? Where are these? Are the, are the dolphins throwing weapons from the sea? Uh, hey, it could be, man. Could be. It's the people of Atlantis rising up. <laughs> yeah. You killed a guy with a trident. Ah. Yeah. Pretty much. So, yeah, so he, they get taken down. And then we cut to our guy who was on the phone. And, you know, he's chatting away there and he's just sort of saying to whoever he's talking to, he's like, hey, you know, don't worry, I've got security locked down tighter here than the Pope's poop shoot, is what he says. <laughs> but however, our, you know, our mystery team are quickly able to take out the crew. And then the phone guy, they come in and they get him, but they attach something to his arm. They sort of come in and they like handcuff something to his arm. What do you think that might be? Oh, is it a bomb? It is a bomb. Ding, ding. Well done, Rob. Yeah. It's a bomb. Yes, I can't believe it. <laughs> it's a mini briefcase bomb. <laughs> and oh we only know God. that because our, our guy who was on the phone sort of falls back in, you know, in all the hullabaloo. And then he goes to open the case immediately. And, uh, yeah, we're just trekked to a little timer that counts down. And all of a sudden, a ma- he screams. And then a massive explosion in spectacular fashion just kicks off. And our mystery crew sort of watch from their little dinghy. And yes, wow. so, ooh, yeah. So, again, more deaths, you know. No no sort of character development, just death <laughs> at every turn. Wow. So so these guys just come out of nowhere. These are these mm-hmm. are some serious... Uh, so, hang on. So it makes me feel like the SWAT team wasn't really a SWAT team after all. They are... Oh. They turn up, they're just tactical gear, and they blow these people away. Poor, poor Liz. I know. I'm not sure I'm going to get over that. I know. It's, it's a tough one. It's a pretty full-on scene for the start. She's like the first gone on screen. You know, she's out. Yeah. And then, you know, these guys are just standing on a boat, and next thing I get a bloody... It gets killed by an arrow. 
Yeah, I know, you know, back. old Legolas turns up and goes, <laughs> "See you later, mate." Yeah, and then <laughs> his jokes weren't that bad. <laughs> and then the other one, what was the other one killed by? Uh, a switchblade, like a little butterfly. A knife. switchblade, <laughs> bloody ninja turns up, or like uh, you know. <laughs> And then uh, and he just goes, ah, see you later. And, you, I mean, you never see him coming. Yeah, Danny Zuko from Greece. Hey, with Switchblade, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't talk smack about my girl. Poof, gone. And then it gets killed by a briefcase bomb. I mean, wow, these guys are, mm-hmm. they're nothing but, they're nothing but varied, aren't they? You can't, they're not, no. can't, you can't get, accuse them of being complacent or, or boring. Definitely not, mate. Wow. It's like they've gone to like Q from James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> well, here you go. There's a uh, there's a briefcase with a bomb in it. Uh, well, there's a switchblade. Yes. To the untrained eye, it's a simple biro. <laughs> but yes. used correctly, you can kill eighteen men. <laughs> uh, so wow. Okay. Who the hell are these guys? We don't know who they are. They're no. just dead. They're gone. So they're gone. So this obviously has to make its way back to our main guy, of course. I'm gonna I'm gonna use another card. I think I've um I think I'm gonna use a MacGuffin magnet card. Okay, pull out the motivations. Okay, who would you like yeah. to pull upon? I guess. <laughs> well, the thing is, I guess we haven't. Probably the only one I can really use is uh. Well, actually, go. Oh well, I could use Del Del Plane or whatever Del Plane or whatever his Ooh, name is. Oh, okay. Let's use him. Oh, interesting. Okay, Del Plane. Right. So, like I say, he's part of the AWA, the Automotive Workers Association, and so essentially his aim is to, you know, keep the status quo. He wants. He's you know wants to keep moving up inside that world, and he will kind of do nothing stop at nothing sorry to make that happen and he wants to kind of surround himself with people that he knows and that he can trust and in doing so on that venture you know there are there are some uh stepping stones to to reaching that path i guess along the way Mm. but then his real goal seems to be if he can get to the head of this sort of automotive world he is looking to try and get into politics essentially he's looking to levy his position in sort of you know the, the automotive world to be able to get into the the policy making world and his kind of grander scheme is to try and you know get into eventually probably the white house so oh, that's his motivation and yeah he's kind of using the automotive union thing as a stepping stone to to further right. his agenda into you know wanting to okay, get into politics. I see. So it seems like to me. So he's trying to use that persona of you know I'm I'm all in for the little guy and I'm gonna I'm gonna work for you because you know you're you're the people that I I serve and all this. But mm. actually, in the background, he's uh, yeah he's um, he's he's starting to uh, remove competition or things roadblocks in his way yes yes and you know in doing so you know he's fairly affluent he's fairly you know well connected so right yeah see so by yeah so he and he's starting to feel invincible because he's all going to his to Mm -hmm. to this his script okay right that's interesting okay from our boat uh debacle you know now sitting at the bottom of the sea we cut to our protagonist. He's now at home getting back from, you know, a hard day's work and he's just having a beer and he turns the TV on and then we see an ad for The Haley, which is uh, Peter's car company's, like, new car. Right. 
But the car company is just this sort of, you know, sort of fanciful ad and their whole like slogan is like, hot, harder, hardest. And it's just a very classic red sports car kind of thing happening. That ad though is quickly interrupted by the news about the boat explosion and the death of Lionel Grantham. So that was our man who got the bomb attached to him. We learn his name. We learn his name. And so we just sort of wrap that up quite quick because, you know, just a bit of uh, exposition there and stuff. And so we cut back to the station where our protagonist, you know, he wants in on the case. And so he's kind of chatting away with a friend of his, another colleague called Dale. And so he's like, you know, come on, there's got to be more. Dale, the coroner's looking at what's left of Grantham. You know, he's kind of like, just get off my back, would you? You know, yeah, they're looking into it. And then our protagonist, he's hungry for flesh. Yes, exactly. He's like, um, it's like the Norman case. There wasn't enough left to spit on a pizza. What evidence connects the deaths? And then Dale's like, am I hearing correctly? Is the one-man army really asking for help? So our protagonist is, uh, he's not trusting. He can see there's something, yeah. He can see they're, like, they're all connected, um, but no one believe him. And uh, mm-hmm. he obviously doesn't trust um, old uh, Del Plain, so I'm pretty sure he's got an idea that uh, someone's someone's eliminating uh, these people, and no one sees the connection yet. Because mm. obviously the car's got something to do with it. So maybe there's this whole thing with the stock market. Maybe they're all betting on the the, the car to do really well, but then actually eventually it's going to go tank it. It's um, and then someone loads of people make money, but loads of people lose money. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Okay, okay. Not a bad not a bad little theory there, detective. <laughs> yeah, so no, that's uh, that's a solid solid theory. Do you want to play any other cards? Um or anything yeah. else you, that you might help you in your venture? Yeah, that's uh I'd say well let's go for minute sixty nine. Hey, okay, all right, let's do that. Three, two, one, go. Ooh. Sydney. 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 That's right, my friend. Sydney Sideswipe. Yeah. Where's Sydney? Where's Sydney? Uh-huh. She didn't go by me. You gotta push her in the building. Jackson, I run a respectable hotel. Ooh, a Mexican guy. <laughs> a respectable hotel. Call yourself Mr. Quick, room 303. He's <laughs> the owner, no! Alright, the rabbi's yeah, in the door. Hey, please, please, man, put a sock in it, huh? With his sock I in got it. roaches in my apartment and they tell better jokes than you and they don't laugh during the punchline all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wasn't that Jackson's car back there? Oh, this one when you don't need one. She's with me, motherfucker. Oh, motherfucker. Oh my God, what was that? What were you just treated to there, wow, my friend? That was some heavy action. That was. There that was, was a lot of info, a lot of names, a lot of voices. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we've got. So someone called Jackson, someone called Sydney. Uh, yeah. So it makes a guy in room three hundred three, and they they started chasing him, uh, and they they fought each other. I think. Yeah. And some bad guy telling bad jokes. Yeah, I got roaches in my papa tell better jokes than you, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So I could tell you now that little line, that snippet there about the the roach. Uh, that was our two like 
Tweedledee, Tweedledum cops from the start right. of the movie. The one that was all like a real fuckerama. <laughs> um, so that was kind of a cutaway bit between what was happening in the action. Right. There. So that's kind of why it randomly dipped into that. Okay. Yeah, thoughts. Who do you think any of those people are? Who do you think Sydney and Jackson are? Who do you think Jackson is? I think, I think uh, Sydney and Jackson. Hmm. So, I mean, Jackson, Jackson sounds like a character. Maybe that's the protagonist. Mm, is that what you'd like to say? Yeah. Well, then you're right, my yes! friend. That's Jackson. He's our protagonist. Wow. Okay. His first name, his first name is Jericho. Jericho Jackson. Jericho Jackson. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? Jericho Jackson. He'll fight any crime, even if it's the automotive whatever association. <laughs> even if it's fuel economy. Yeah. <laughs> he, he'll kill any stockbroker who's trying to make money out of a new car. <laughs> so, well, Jack, who the hell's Sydney? Sydney. Sydney. Mm. Okay. Well, let's move along then. Let's just just keep going. Okay. So after our uh, little bit there with the cop that he was chatting to, the guy said, hey, there's a phone call for Jackson. That's who he was talking to. And so he picks up the phone and the guy on the other end of the phone is a guy called Tony. He's telling Jericho, Jackson, that he needs to get to him right away. Tony is freaking out. Tony's not happy. Jackson gets to Tony and we find a very disheveled, sleep-deprived Tony in a fearful state. He is fearful for his life, Oh, Rob. my God. He knows too much, man. He knows too much. Oh, that's the thing. Does he, though? This is the thing. So he starts listing off, like, the deaths that have happened around him. And then he's like, and then there's me. You know, I'm alive, but for now, you know, but how much longer? And so Jackson asks him, he's like, well, who would want to kill you, Tony? Like, what the hell? What's going on? And then Tony says, I give you a little hint. Hot, harder, hardest. <gasps> no. It's old Deplane. It is. And Jackson's like, Peter Deplane. Hold on, Mark. Hold on a minute. Does a, mm-hmm. um, does a sudden uh, poison dart come out of nowhere and kill, kill old Peter? <laughs> is he gone? Not, no, not quite. No, no. He's, he's uh, Tony, uh, sorry. Tony, yeah. Tony's fine. Tony's fine. He has no poison <laughs> darts. No darts a la, uh, you know, Ace Ventura, like a Wachutu dart. None of that <laughs> happening. So then we cut to a club with a woman singing. As, as Peter, he's there, he looks on from the back of the room in a smoke-filled room and he's kind of lit by silhouette. And she walks up to him while singing this song. And at the end of the song, she, was, she says, I expected a standing ovation. And he says, you're getting one. I'm assuming he's talking about his penis. <laughs> it's in his pants. Smooth operator. Smooth. <laughs> That's just, oh my God. He, this guy, he is, he's got mm. two sides to him, hasn't he? He's, I mean, he's a great yeah. politician. Yeah, he is. He'll make a great one. So we cut back to Jackson and Tony. And now Tony, he's he's a big old exposition dump now. He basically just lays down some some story. I will refrain from using it unless you wish just to hear it verbatim from Tony, basically. Mm. Well, maybe I'll go for a, I'll throw another card down before I hear this. I want to try and okay. get some more info. Yeah. So... Let's go for a hook, line, and sinker. Let's reveal that tagline. Oh, okay. The tagline, the only one that I could find, which well, was on the poster, the uh, the tagline is, it's time for action. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> which makes more sense as we learn a little bit. Well, later. so it's Jericho Jackson. 
It's time yeah. for action. There you go. Kind of Jericho rhymes. Jericho Jackson. What do you think, though? What would be a better abbreviated nickname for him out of those words that you've got? If you drop one of those words and you place one in a different location. Uh, you've got Jericho, Jackson, Action. Uh-huh. Action. Uh, J- J- Jericho, Action, Jackson. No, no. You action, drop- Jericho, Action, Action, Jackson. I can't say it. <laughs> it's action. It's- <laughs> That's right, Rob. It's Action Jackson. <laughs> that is the title of this movie. No way. Action Jackson. <laughs> action Jackson. The one man army. Oh my God. His name, actual name is better. I mean. Yes, I know. Action Jackson. <laughs> it's hard to say. It is. It action is. Jackson. It is. Action Jackson. No, it's not oh, easy. Oh, wow. Wow, wow. Yeah. Okay. You stumbled upon it. You've revealed so much there. You've stumbled upon <laughs> well, so many let, things. I mean, with that then, let's, uh, let's see what Tony's got to say. All righty. Okay, so Tony, he says that he worked for Stringer, the guy who died at the start there. Tony says, like, his job, like Tony's job, was keeping tabs on people. Old Peter was working his way through the union, seeing who was loyal. Stringer, dead. Grantham, boat guy dead you know they didn't trust Del Plain, and so Del Plain didn't trust them basically and he wanted them out of the way but for what for what Jackson asks and that's where Tony's like you know I don't know that's the thing you know so Tony knows stuff but he doesn't know the whole picture what a coincidence what a frustrating yeah. coincidence he, I know he knows <laughs> just enough to further plot but not enough to reveal the end of the movie that's exactly right Hey, we're going to have to handball that off to some other characters. Do you know what? Tony deserves to die now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rob, why did you go and say that? Oh, Bring dear. Liz back. <laughs> yeah, she wouldn't, she wouldn't squeal. Liz ain't a squealer. <laughs> no, she wouldn't. Oh, <laughs> no, Tony, he's useless. Yeah, he is. Old, old Tony, not so tight lips. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, uh. he needs to keep it, zip it, zip it, Tony. <laughs> So basically, Del Plain is killing off the Auto Workers Alliance leaders, but why? And so Tony says, you know, in true MacGuffin fashion, he's like, look, I don't know, but I know someone who might. <laughs> so you need to go. So like a, like a role-playing game now, you know, you need to go to this character to get to level up your experience points. And so he says that Del Plain, old Peter, has a mistress. Do you want to guess who that mistress might Ooh, be? Oh, is it the woman in the club? It is the woman in the club who also might be someone else we've touched on through various uh, little snippets of information. Oh, uh, oh no! Hang on. Um, so where have we been? We've been. That's the cl- the woman from the club is the singer, right? The one that was singing. Yes, she's a singer. But then we've also revealed a name earlier on. Sydney. It is. It's Sydney. That's right. Oh, you got my it, boy. God. You know what? Her I've name? got a dog called Sydney, and she's called Sydney. It's so confusing. It's all connected. You're just tangled up in your red twine of yours. You just can't make sense of it. <laughs> Heads nor tails. Way. <laughs> so her name is Sydney Ash, and basically Tony is, you know, saying, hey, she might be worth pumping for information. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, what a great choice of <laughs> <laughs> so well if she sings to him then they'll have no problems will they no no standing ovations all around <laughs> so she works at a club called joey's and so now jackson leaves tony but then we cut to a delivery man approaching tony's apartment tense music starts to play 
He knocks on the door. It swings <sighs> open. A disheveled, still sleep-deprived Tony is kind of like, what's going on? The delivery man approaches and he no. says, sign here. And he holds up a clipboard and he says, it's COD and shoots through the through the clipboard and shoots Tony dead. <laughs> no! Yeah, I don't know what COD means. I don't know what we meant by that. It was some sort of delivery joke. I didn't quite yeah, get it. Um, I don't know. Collect uh, something deliver. I don't know. Let's find out. Let's look it up, Mark. Cash on delivery. Cash on delivery. There you go. It's cash on delivery. Hey, and, uh, bitch. You forget. Yeah. <laughs> cash on delivery. And obviously, when you put COD in, everyone's first thing that comes up with is the dictionary definition <laughs> yeah. of COD. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> Whoops. Mm hmm. Delicious. Well, he's so sleeping cash- with the fishes now, my friend. He is indeed. Oh, no. Poor Tony. I mean, see what happened. You give up your information. You're no, you're no use to anyone. You've got to die. Yep. I mean, it's the rules. It's the rules. He might as well have just been having sex in a horror movie, you know? <laughs> He's got to die. Yeah. He can, yeah. Oh, bye-bye, Tony. I mean... <sighs> so, so after that, you know, very depressing, very depressing moment, we quickly cut away to um, Peter and his mistress, Sydney, and they're getting frisky, getting a bit, mm. you know, touchy-feely, and then he opens a box and he says, this is supposed to be a girl's best friend, and he pulls out... What do you think he pulls out? Well, you would automatically think of a diamond. You would, wouldn't you? It's in a diamond sort of box. But it's something mm. a little more addictive than diamonds, my friend. Is it drugs? It's drugs. Dirty oh street drugs. Oh, no. Not the old mm. crack of the cocaine. It's I, From what I can gather, it's not the cocaine, but it's a syringe. So it's you oh, know, even worse. It, it's a syringe in a little box. What? Yeah, oh, I know. He's classy. Wow. He's a classy guy. It must be glitter. It's got to be just glitter, hasn't it? No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> none of that nasty heroin stuff. No, none of that black tar stuff. Oh, Sydney, what so, are you doing? You're ruining your life. Exactly. Well, that this, beautiful you know, voice of yours. You could have been. <laughs> you could have been a star. You could have been someone, baby. Now look here, just sitting in the gutter. You know, trying to trying to. You know, I don't know. Sing um, "Happy Birthday" for tips. <laughs> so oh. yeah so she takes this uh this syringe and you know sort of looks euphoric and and then we cut away so we just sort of really had that i think to establish that she's a heroin addict pretty much the only reason why we had that little scene there um we move along to the coroner's office and tony is dead on a slab we're met with tony once more and our protagonist action jackson he's there and what do you think they're saying about uh tony do you think they're saying he's murdered or are they you know, what are they saying about it? I mean, he must be saying that I only saw him not long ago and he was telling me all this stuff and now he's dead. So now Suspicious. I know this. Yeah, now I know there's a connection here. There's Someone's killing him off and I know where to go. Mm. Um, yeah, well, pretty much. Pretty much exactly that. <laughs> yeah, well done. He's pretty much basically saying like, oh, so they're saying it's a suicide and he's just kind of like bullshit because they find a nine millimeter planted on him or something like that and he's like you know no way that you know he would be able to pull that off like that's bullshit that it's suicide da, da, da. he might not have slept for 15 days but he'll never kill himself <laughs> exactly you know the the power to want to go to sleep that badly uh, would never <laughs> overcome him yeah he's gone for the long nap <laughs> the long nap the long good night <laughs> So Tony uh, is gone, yeah, unfortunately, and 
our protagonist, Action Jackson, he pulls up into a swanky restaurant where he meets Del Plain. And he oh. basically sort of just, you know, it's a bit of a scene where, what do you think they're trying to do here? So he's at a dinner oh. and he's got a crime scene photo of Tony and he's kind of like, I thought this might go well with your meal and like shoves it in his face. And so what do you think they're, you know, what, what vibe are you getting from that? They're trying to. He's trying, he's, so, so, um, uh, Action yeah. Jackson is trying to. Um, he's trying to see if he can get old Deplane, uh, Del Plain to to rise to the to what he's trying to antagonize him mm, into exactly. making a mistake and uh, reveal mm-hmm. reveal who he really is. Oh yeah, but Peter, he's he's smarter than that. So he just says, "Huh, the negative's quite poor, isn't it? The quality of the print seems excellent. Shame the subject wasn't more cooperative." Cold, cold. And then Jackson's like, they both knew your plans for the AWA, and now they're dead. Is that clear enough for you? So we're getting a bit of cockfighting basically going on. We got old Jackson basically saying, hey, I'm watching you. I know what the hell's up. And um, because, yeah, uh, Peter is there with some sort of, uh, you know, kind of prominent, yeah, politician kind of figure, another person of note. So, yeah, he's got to play it cool, you know. Can't be going around yeah. throwing switchblades and such. <laughs> okay, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, so, mate, any, um, yeah, thoughts, feelings, cards? Yeah, I think I might go for a side of bacon, mate. And let's, uh, Ooh, let's get the guy's bacon crispy, number. Crispy, sizzling, side of bacon. Mm-mm. Okay, so, <laughs> yeah, so our guy's bacon number. So I, in doing this, I will tell you the um, actual actor as well. Yes. So Action Jackson is played by Carl Weathers. Now, if that name isn't familiar to you, I will flesh that out in a little bit. But he was in a movie called The Comebacks with Bradley Cooper, who also starred in, obviously, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special with Kevin Bacon, giving Carl Weathers a solid Bacon number of two. Oh, Beautiful. Yes, nicely rounded out, nicely rounded out. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, look, he really has been everywhere because the past couple of Bacon numbers, it's sort of been two. I think we've had a three. Um, but, yeah, he really has worked with everyone, old, old oh, Bacon. Oh, this guy. Oh, yes. Yes, who stars yes. in the Rocky movies and yes. Predator. He plays Colonel Al Dillon in the Predator. So, you know, the classic scene with Schwarzenegger where he's like, Dillon, you son of a bitch. And yeah, they like, go yeah. and like, do the, the handshake and it's just yeah. glistening biceps on, on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And he, he, yeah, man. Oh, he's been in loads of films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously great in that. Um, and he was uh, all in the hips in Happy Gilmore. He's the uh, Yes, the, the ju- he was teacher. in Mm-hmm. Wow! What? Oh, wow! This is brilliant. He's a uh, wow. He's yeah. been in loads of stuff. Yeah, he really oh my has. God. So, going off of the dinner, Jackson he walks away empty-handed, but you know he's made it clear that he's watching him. So then we cut to the Del Plain residence, and they, they've got like a very large house. It's like sort of you know eighties, nineties kind of mansion that you would see in those kind mm. of family movies. Big house, big house, big, big gate out the front pretty much and so she's in like the steam room she's just chillaxing and then she gets out and uh she heads across the hall you know she's just she's finished now with her her steam um and then she hears she overhears something she overhears what do you think she might overhear overhears peter uh not peter but it's another person of the house that they're someone who's rich might have the, the housekeeper 
It sits the butler. The butler. Ooh. Yes. So the butler is he overhears him uh, organizing something? Is he? Is he? Or is he saying something he shouldn't say? You know, is he? He's saying things that he's obviously privy to, but that you know maybe she shouldn't be. Maybe it's the mistress. It could be the mistress. So she's. So yeah, she overhears this thing that's happening over the phone, and then basically she. Uh, is disturbed by what she hears. So she goes to leave the house in a panic. But then the butler approaches her and he's like, where are you going? And, you know, she's now uh, sort of all a fluster. But then she sort of, you know, is walking backwards. She's like, oh, I'm just kind of heading out. And then she goes to open the door and she opens the door to find... Jackson. Jackson, that's right. <laughs> just in the nick of time. Just in the nick of time. He's like, I was coming to see you, uh, you know, like to just sort of discuss, uh, I guess, because I forgot to mention she was also at the dinner with the exchanging of words there with Peter. Oh, so. I see. And she's kind of like, uh, yeah. Um, she's like, are you heading into town? And then she, and he's like, yeah. And so she's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll head out, you know. And she's able to escape the scrutiny of the butler there. And so... We cut to them and they're chatting over drinks. Jackson's trying to, you know, get it, put the feelers out there. He's trying to gather intel and such. He gets wind of a party that's going down, essentially. So he's kind of like, hey, can you uh, can you get me an invite, basically? And she says, not if I want to keep my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> but then she tries to cut the tension by saying, why do they call you action anyway? And then, what happens, Rob? What do you think happens? Things are about to escalate. Oh, uh, well, is, is he going to make a move? Ooh, smooth. Uh, <laughs> no, he doesn't make a move. Okay. But... Because action happens. just seems to follow him round. Is someone chasing oh. him in the car? Ah, well, they're not quite in the car yet, but yes, someone is chasing him. They're on the him, roof! So- <laughs> yeah, well, you're, you're dangerous. <laughs> you're dangerously close. We're not quite there yet. We're not quite there yet. Oh, um, brilliant! So, oh, it's got to be some eighties uh, guy hanging on top of the roof of a car uh, thing. Ah, ding! Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> so what happens is she says, "Why do they car you action anyway?" You know, she's trying to cut the tension after all that talk about you know, going behind her husband's back to get him into the party. And all of a sudden, a yellow cab tries to mow them down. And oh he has my to God. jump on her to save her. And then he sort of springs up. And the guy in the uh, taxi cab is the delivery guy who killed Tony. No. Oh, my God. And so Jackson gets into action. He's got so many jobs that are really handy for killing people. He has. Yeah, exactly. He's probably a dentist as well. I mean, that'd be really easy. And so Jackson springs into action and he chases the cab and he's literally running like the sort of T-1000 at one point <laughs> besides the car. And then he lunges under the roof of the cab. Nah, yeah. Swerving. You know, the cab's like, you know, trying to swerve cars. Other cars are crashing into each other. And His legs this- are swinging from side to side. <laughs> pretty much and this one <laughs> this one truck crashes and a massive explosion kicks out and then then our driver tries to shoot through the roof at Jackson but then you know this is when Jackson you know he all the other stuff that's a that's a Sunday morning for him because Jackson upon getting shot at he's like he literally shouts enough is enough and like <laughs> smashes through the windscreen causing the driver to break throwing him off the roof 
<laughs> I thought he was going to punch through the roof somehow, like is that <laughs> like well, a like um like a Hanna Barbera cartoon, like Flintstone, just punch <laughs> pop your head through the roof, yeah. So wow, this is fantastic. So he's like, he's like, oh bang, and shooting through that. How you miss someone on the roof of your car? I do not I know. know. I but, know. But uh, he smashes through his turkey. <laughs> yeah, smashes his hands through the windscreen. That's fantastic. And then just makes the car crash. And he gets thrown off the car and rolls and then stands mm-hmm. on his feet and goes, ah, action. Yeah. And what do you think <laughs> old action Jackson does at this point, right? Like, so he's off the he's off the roof of the car. The guy picks up a gun and starts pointing at him. But then... Uh, does he? Uh, um, does he just run at him? Pretty much, yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what happens is he... Hang you on, know, the i got a guess. Mm, Does he pick mm, up a manhole cover and use it as a shield? <laughs> like Captain America. No, I mean, I wish. That would have been really cool. Um, so, no, what happens is he, the taxi driver guy, points his gun at him and then Jackson is kind of like, he's he's basically like the Joker um, where he's like goading him. He's just like, come on, get me. He's like, and then he's like, don't shoot me. That's too easy. Be a man. Come get me. And so, like, the guy doesn't shoot him. He puts the gun down, but instead he just sort of floors it. And then Action Jackson, with his spring-heeled action, jumps up and over the car. And so lands safely on the other side, causing the taxi driver to crash. And uh, Jackson runs to to go and apprehend him. But he's gone. Like no! A, do, like do, a, do. Yeah, like a slasher movie villain. He's just gone as he fell out the He's window. also an escape artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, hey, I mean, people hold down multiple jobs. Well, <laughs> he's like a Swiss army knife of jobs. <laughs> he is, pretty much. Bloody hell, wow. So he jumped over the car, and then he gets there, and he's just, oh, wow, the tension, mate. Wow. She asked him the question, and he, without even trying, just shows her why he's called Action Jackson. Oh, 100%, 100%. Wow. You just need, all he needs someone now is just to hang around so we can shout, cut. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We're done. Yeah, give me my goddamn latte. Wow. I mean, I mean, I guess we could throw a card down, which is a trip yeah. on the trope rope. I guess I haven't used that yet. Oh yeah, the trope. Um, the main trope of this movie is the redemption cop, right? Because right. old Jackson, you know, the reason why he was being put on fundraiser duty is because he has lost his stripes. Um, and that was what oh. I was uh, blanking out earlier in our dialogue there was when he was blaming um, Peter uh, for the reason of losing his stripes, you see, oh, um, because see. there was some altercation with Jackson and his son, which we don't actually meet, which is weird. I thought we were going to meet uh, Peter Del Plain's son, but um, we don't. Anyway, so he basically Let's acts see. as the catalyst thing for there was obviously a thing that we never really get privy to, but it's just talked about an incident with Jackson and Del Plain's son. And I guess Del Plain being in the position that he is in a bit more of a powerful position in sort of, you know, local government and, and such was able to basically get him stripped of his stripes, his, uh, his Lieutenant stripes. See. Or... Uh, so the, there's the beef. Yes. So we've got a bit of a redemption trope there, you know, I see. So, uh, so he's, he's, He's been made to look a fool and mm-hmm. yes. taken away, so he's he's a bit out of the, out of the picture. But he's found his way to prove that, to everyone that he was right about Peter Laplane. Yes, exactly. So that's why we kind of talk about him 
kind of almost losing his mojo a little bit because, you know, earlier when Dale was like, you know, is the one man ar- army really asking for help and that sort of right. thing. And again, sort of this duty of, you know, being sent over to the fundraiser because there's a little bit of exchange between him and his captain where he's kind of like, hell, you know, if I had a law degree from Harvard, which our character, Action Jackson, has, he was like, I would have left the force years ago. Um, but yes, so it's that kind of unfinished business, got to get his stripes back, you know, got to gotta kind of redeem himself kind of story. I see. Okay, yeah, cool, mm-hmm. cool. I like yeah. it. Yeah, okay, that's a good... Uh, some good backstory there. Okay, cool. Right, that was good. We go back to the club where Sydney, the mistress, is playing a gig. But this is now introducing Jackson and her together on screen for the first time. And that's all that really exists for. There's not even any dialogue. He's just kind of there at the bar watching her. She sees him, he sees her kind of thing. But then we immediately cut to the Del Plain residence. Peter arrives home to find a shaken and scared uh, Patrice. Um, and she confronts Peter about what she heard on the phone. What she heard on the phone was the butler was saying, Tony Moretti, he, you know, he, he um, got to Jackson before we could uh, get to Tony kind of thing. So they're aware oh. that they, they kind of had an interaction. And the butler's kind of like, yeah, but don't worry about Jackson. You know, he's, he's a nobody now kind of thing. You know, again, dismissing him, again, sort of going into that kind of, yeah, he used to be a somebody. So building into that he's got to redeem himself kind of thing and so um uh peter's kind of like hey no no it's all good you know he's obviously lying straight to her face he's like you know saying you know hey i would never do such things yada yada um but then she lets slip that she told action jackson and all of a sudden peter's demeanor changes things get a little moody he goes in for a hug he kisses her he says that he loves her and then (sighs) No. He shoots her. He shoots her dead. Oh, no. Goodbye, Mrs. Dillplane. Oh, my God. She's dead. This is crazy. I know. He's lost it. He can't kill the beautiful bride. I know. He's cold because then the butlers kind of come in to be like, whoa, what the hell happened? And he's just sitting there. She's laying dead on the bed. And he sort of throws his gun back at uh, the butler because earlier on, there was a very small scene where the butler hands him the gun. And uh, the butler's like, hey, yeah, we just got the gun cleaned for you. Da, 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 here you go. Uh, you might want to test it out uh, kind of thing. And then cut to her being dead. And um, Peter throws the gun back at the butler. And he's like, yeah, it works fine. So who is oh cool, man. Oh, my God. Cool. Wow. Oh, my God. That's that's mental. Wowzers. I mean. So, I know. Wow. Flipping it's heck. Tough. So it's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The butler's like, for God's sake, I just clean that floor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're killing me here, boss. I mean, don't, not really. Gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. So then we cut to Joey's club. So we've got Jackson, and he sort of tracked down Sydney, um, and he impresses her by smashing her bodyguard through the dressing room door. <laughs> so that's kind of how they win. That's how they win each other over. He's kind of like, I want to see you. Wouldn't want to be you. And so basically, yeah, he that's how he kind of wins her over. I've got a little bit of dialogue that might help with that scene. So if you want to lay down a certain card. Oh, let's uh, flip the script, Mark. Let's flip it. Okay, so Jackson walks up to um, Sydney Ash's dressing room and he says, I'd like to speak to Miss Ash. And then the bodyguard guy, whose name is Ed, he's like, I don't recommend that course of action. Jackson, 
I do. And then he hits Ed. Ed doesn't even flinch. Jackson, you're one big fellow. How much do you weigh? Ed, 270 pounds. Jackson, that's pretty big. Hits him again. <laughs> and then um, Jackson's just kind of like, huh. he's like, I bet you make a good living, don't you? And then Ed's like, good enough. Helps pay my way through medical school. And bear in mind, this is a massive, like, 270-pound black guy. Um, you know, just kind of a weird career choice to be moonlighting as a bodyguard as well. And then Jackson, if I was to hit you again, you'd probably slam my little body right through that wall, wouldn't you? Ed, I was thinking about it, but it goes against all my Muslim beliefs. <laughs> oh my God. Jackson, good, runs at him and smashes him through the door. <laughs> and that's how he ends at the feet of Miss Sydney Ash. And she's well impressed. And they come in with their saxophone. He looks up and goes, jug, jug. Oh, look at those legs. They uh, go all the way up. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> And then he basically just plays a whole, you know, let's get out of here kind of card. And they're current, they're now driving in his car um, and he hears about Patricia's death on the radio. And then the, and because of that news, they sort of quickly change course. You know, she's kind of like, well, you know, where are we going? And he's like, oh, your place. And then she quips like, oh, now you're talking. Woo. <laughs> yeah. Can I just nice. say, it seems like every time Action Jackson meets somebody, they die. Oh, that's interesting, Rob. You, you are, you've been, you've hacked my account. You're reading my notes because we're about to move along to what I have written down here, which says, "Cut to cops on scene of Patricia's death." Uh, they speculate that our protagonist has something to do with it. Ah, oh. see, they're gonna, they're gonna swing it right on him. Oh, God. God. I knew it. You know a good screenplay when you, when you hear one. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right on the scent there, mate. Right on the scent. So yeah, they mm. they sort of now for some reason, you know, well, yeah, because I guess of that, uh, start to speculate that like, hey, there's a lot of bodies in his wake. What's going on? We cut to Sydney's pad and um, and on edge Jackson. He's trying to remain low, right? And he's like, you know, keep the lights off. She goes to the fridge. Uh, I think she's probably a bit drunk or whatever. And she's, you know, uh, he like quickly runs over to shut it because he's like, you know, keep the lights out. The phone starts to ring all of a sudden. And hang on, hang on, it's the guy from the cab who's now a call centre operator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's just like, yeah, he's basically trying to get them to buy some sort of um, encyclopedia subscription. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's the 80s. You know, hey, you can't learn about this stuff from the internet. What happens, though, is far more drastic, actually. And then suddenly, what happens, Rob? <laughs> Does a fist come through the phone? <laughs> It doesn't, but it's a. But if it was, it'd probably be a fistful of dynamite because things just start exploding randomly. <laughs> what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's madness. It's madness. So basically, I think the phone acts as a detonator and the apartment explodes. Oh my god! Mm -hmm. Now the apartment on fire. A very cool AJ just says, "That's why we don't turn on the lights or answer the phone." And she's like, where are we going now? And then Jackson says, my car. And then he does a, he, and they've got to get out of there. So, you know, what do you think he does to get out of it? Oh, um, jumps off a balcony into, a, into his car. 
No, that would be cool though. That would be good. That would be good. I probably built it up a bit too much. He basically <laughs> just kicks the door down, but he just sort of does it in this kind of comedic, nonchalant fashion where, you know, he goes for a full on like Spartan kick and then the door just kind of sort of, yeah, you know, clearly a bit of plywood just falls off. It's just kind of a funny scene. <laughs> Where they oh, just have this massive explosion, and then how did of, they exp- how did they su- survive an explosion explosion in the apartment they were in? Well, it's because things were very strategically placed. It seems to the point where it was only really around the kitchen area <laughs> that seemed to explode <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> okay, they'll be just they'll just think he's a really bad cook. Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was a guy that you referred to as Mexican. Who's not Mexican? He's just oh, a yeah. very old, heavyweight, uh, heavy set black man who sounds like louis armstrong oh, right. yeah room 303 that's correct so just before they get to the hotel um sydney's like wait we've got to go back for my purse jackson we're not going back we're going to a hotel sydney but my makeup i look terrible jackson you look beautiful sydney pardon me jackson uh, I, I said you look fine we're not going back for your purse <laughs> sydney jesus man this is getting to be real shit where the hell are we now you sure travel in weird circles i didn't know there was a hotel here jackson neither does anyone else for now you can consider hotel hoover your little home away from home sydney hoover nice name should be clean anyway jackson yeah <laughs> real bad joke they segue wow in. yeah i mean you'd Imagine the irony turns up and it's just never been hooven. <laughs> yeah. But you're right, though, Rob. So just to, to room 303 um, definitely plays in. So essentially, we get to the Hoover Hotel where AJ catches up with an old friend who sounds like Louis Armstrong. <laughs> right. And so he's like, I need a room on an unoccupied floor. She's got a sweet tooth, says Jackson. This guy's name is Joe, Joe Lewis, and he puts them in room 214. He's like, we call it the presidential suite. Shower works sometimes, no roaches. I'll have Einstein bring up some breakfast for you. <laughs> is what he says. <laughs> is what he says. I see skies. <laughs> yeah, pretty much that. Red, Red roses too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, I mean, at this point... They are obviously just sort of getting acquainted a bit more. And she asks Jackson quite politely if he wants to have sex with her. And he says, no, thanks. And they just turn in. <laughs> and that's the end of that. Wow. Well, bloody hell. Yes. Wow. Yeah. What, a, what a tension killer that was. I know. It was. It was. Um, and just to sort of round out um, that little bit there, the next morning, wake up. And Sydney says, fine looking woman like me and you wouldn't even touch me on that. You got to either be queer or a cop. And Jackson says, I'm not queer. Sergeant Jericho Jackson, 13th Precinct, City of Detroit. I want to get to Peter Del Plain. I figure you can help. <laughs> so that kind of like, just kind of rounds that scene out. Wowzers. I mean, mm-hmm. he's quick. He wanted to shout loads of things after saying he's not queer, didn't he? Basically, I know. I mean, we're back to gay thoughts can't catch me. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. So okay. So she's gonna help him. She's gonna help him get close to old Peter. Yes. Well, that's what he's hoping for. That's what. Maybe she's been working with him all along. She'll she'll do anything for a bit of skag, and then Ooh. she 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 double crosses him. Oh, okay. Well, uh, no, we'll we'll keep that in the uh, the old brain box there. It's funny that you should say she'll do anything for a bit of skag, as you say, <laughs> because 
we head out the next morning. The next morning that was that conversation. So we head out, and he goes to his car. But for some reason, his car's been, you know, it's been um, stripped of parts. Right? He's left it in a bad part of the neighbourhood, and so they go to this club to go and find an informant of his, an old informant called. What do you think this informant's called? Um. Um. Uh, Jimmy. No, it's not Jimmy. It's Papa. Papa Duck. <laughs> Papa Duck. Papa Doc or D-O-C. Um, wow. Yeah, so they go to try okay. and find this informant. And so they go into this kind of shady club. Sydney's kind of like, hey, hey. Uh, she's like, hold up. It's like, you know, wait a second. I thought we were attached to the hip, she says. And then Jackson, in a very, like, condescending way, and kind of like you, Rob, with all this skag talk, he says, don't worry. If they give me any smack... I'll be sure to save some for you. Oh. Sort of like disapprovingly, you know, he's coming down all uh, all religious all of a sudden. Um, and then uh, she's like, well, I'll be here if you need me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or what do you think is going to happen next? What do you think? You know, we've sort of, we've had tension, we've had action, we've had a little bit of equilibrium again, but, you know, we can't, you know, something's going to happen, obviously. So what, what are your thoughts? Mm. He's going to find Doc Guy being murdered by the cab guy. Ooh, okay, okay. We'll hold on to that for a bit, and I'll sort of reveal these. I'll reveal the next little bit, and you can sort of fill in the blanks yourself, I guess. So, okay. So he's led out back uh, to go and see, you know, they're like, yeah, Papa Duck this way, okay. Um, but then he's hit over the head, and he's restrained. And then a gang crowd round Jackson. And they're like, hey, why are you looking for Papa Duck? You know, what's it to you kind of thing? And obviously Jackson, he's not going to play play ball, you know. So he's just like, yeah, whatever, man. They're interrogating him, you know, kind of like, look, man, we're going to cut you. How dare you come around here? But then Sydney, bless her heroin-riddled heart, she comes in and she pretends to be Jackson's sister. Oh. Oh, strange. Where do you think they're going with this one? <laughs> <laughs> America. <laughs> so basically, they're going to play the act dumb card. So this is what happens. Sydney, uh, she's like, yeah, that's my brother. Get off of him. You know, what are you doing? Like, he's got a screw loose kind of thing. And they're kind of like, what? And Sydney goes, he spent a year in Bellevue. He's got this delusion that he's a holy messenger. He's, he's a whole lot more oral than Oral Roberts. Just listen to him. And then so Jackson decides to play into it and he's like uh, yes i was sent i was sent to bring you down brother i was sent to bust your asses and wipe these streets clean you may possess <laughs> the righteous manhood but his soul is free and clear and sydney's like he's got a plate in his head somebody give him an amen and then one of the goons guys is like this motherfucker is crazy man and jackson's like i give myself an amen amen Yes, I can hear it. I can feel it. I can feel it. Allow me, um, allow me to lay my healing hand upon you. And then it changes up a gear. And Jackson just grabs a glass bottle and starts beating the ever-loving crap out of him. <laughs> and some, some goon Praise guy, be. Praise be. And then a goon is like, oh, shit. And then Jackson's like, hey, brother, surely you won't leave before giving an amen. Bam. <laughs> So that was a very fun scene. I just wanted to really that with you. So, yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> I could just imagine it. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, she came along and uh, 
Sydney old. Uh, she saved she, him. She, she re- saved his bacon. She did. She came along and she just, you know, she uh, she, she made well. She basically, yeah, she came along and saved the day. And he's like, turns out to be a great actor. He can mm-hmm. play Eddie Vicar. Exactly, exactly, mate. This film is like so many other films we've we've covered, where you know there's a lot of loose threads, and they just never really get tired off. So. After having that lovely scene, we learn that Papa Doc is already dead, Rob. I'll just give that away to you. Because oh. he gets back to the hotel after all that kerfuffle. And Joe, the uh, the Louis Armstrong guy, um, he's just like, <laughs> I could have saved you a lot of time because Papa Doc, he did. And so, <laughs> but then what do you think he does? What do you think he does? I'm, I'll try and give you a hint. Just think of Tony. Think of Tony's... Just je ne sais quoi, you know. What what was Tony to us, Rob? What was he really? He was... Oh, I see. He was just a guy that furthered the story. He was just a vehicle, wasn't he? He was. <laughs> so do they walk into hit to Doc's apartment and he's literally got all the evidence in front of us? <laughs> yes, there's an orgy of evidence, I believe that's called. <laughs> in the, in uh, the trope world. Uh, Not too far off, but all of a sudden... Joe, the Louis Armstrong guy, says, yeah, I could have saved you a lot of time. And he says, you need a new source of information. And he tells him to get down to D Love's Barbershop. And then cue funky high saxophone music. (laughs) And I don't know what to tell you, Rob, but what do you think is about to happen here, right? So just to further the plot, how much time do you think we're going to spend with D? Um... Well, I guess we're going to be there for a while while he goes because he's getting his head, he's going to go down to the barber shop. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I guess this is where they're going to figure it all out, right? Oh, my friend, you are so right. I managed to find the script or at least a transcript of the script, so I got this bit oh. because even I was shocked by the exposition dump. You know, this is basically exposition diarrhea, essentially. <laughs> This is all from one character besides maybe one line from Jackson. So he's sitting in the barbershop chair and we're introduced to Dee, this very like bubbly lady who just completely dumps all this information. So she's just like, Delaplane's former partner was a multimillionaire and an all-round deviant named Enzo Catelli. Catelli lived in Rome and as a defense against kidnapping attempts, he formed an elite group of bodyguards, which he called the Invisible Men. <laughs> due, to them, due to their almost demonic ability to remain completely undetected, to which Jackson says, but Catelli's dead, isn't he? Back to D. Alas, he had no defense against his bodyguards' greed. Delaplane financed Catelli's demise and the untimely departure of the first Mrs. Delplane as well. He might have even deployed them against you, but your demotion made that unnecessary. And then Jackson, were they also responsible for the AWA killings? D, undeniably so. So, you know, she really just, yep, she hammers home that's exactly what's happened. <laughs> Norman was decapitated in an auto accident. Stringer was de- um, defenestrated. I think that's the guy who went out the window. I'm, I'm assuming that's the term for that. I'm not really sure. And Grantham joined the debris in the Detroit River. He's the guy who went down on the boat. It's likely that they intended to denounce uh, Delaplane and defy his determined attempts to devise a power base in the AWA. But alas, motives are not my department, says D. 
<laughs> Even though she has everything else, she has all the other answers. <laughs> Just the delivery of the details. So she quite literally built into her character is saying, I am just here to give you all of this information. <laughs> Which is crazy. Wow. Jackson, how can I get to talk to Oliver O'Rooney? And then D, he can usually be found late at night at the Red Devil. Well, that's very convenient. Unless I'm deceived. <laughs> And then Jackson, D, thanks a lot. I mean, that's, I mean, she deserves more than a thanks. Jackson, as I said, I can't pay you, but, and then, yeah, we just sort of lead out into, I'm always um, delighted to help out a detective, says D, especially the defiantly infatigable (laughs) Action Jackson. Wow. That was, wow, I mean, that's probably the only D that delivers on time. Exactly. (laughs) So, yes, so she literally gave us the fact that how Peter became into power by taking out Enzo Catelli, some guy we have never met before. We then get introduced to the Invisible Men, which I believe are the people that took out Stringer at the start there and took out... He shoots arrows and uh, switchblades. Switchblades. Yeah, briefcase briefcase bombs. Exactly. And then so Norman, who I think must have been the guy that they were talking about at the very start, when our t- when Liz was writing down the the article talking about the, the death of uh, Norman. So he died in an auto yes. accident that we didn't even see. And, and then, yeah, and then it goes on to say about Grantham at the bottom of the river. Wow. But yeah, I just love the bit where she's like, motives of not my department. <laughs> just the delivery of the so, so they're like a rogue nation now. They're, they're going ahead and just... You know, they say they work for somebody and they go, well, actually, do you know what? We can just take them all out and we take you out and then there's nobody else to take out. Yeah. He's essentially a mini Putin where he's got his own little mercenaries around him. Wow. Ruthless bastard. I know. God damn it. So I hope you liked all that information from D there, and we yes. never see her again, and she disappears. And Jackson <laughs> well, she, leaves, she's full for like, like 20 minutes and then she's gone. Yes. Thanks, D. See you later. See you later, doll. Do you have any thoughts on where this is going to end at this point? Well, it's going to be some sort of showdown, isn't there? Is he going to mm. go? He's going to go. Well, he is about the murder of his what the guy's wife, or Patrice, or whatever her name is, Patricia, whatever her name is. Yeah. yeah. Um, is he's going to go down and try and so? He's gonna maybe he's going to go down to. Oh, where would they? There's places they've been. It's got to be the house then. Surely he's going to go down to the house and try and confront him and be. And those those crazy guys are going to be there. He's going to have to take them out one by one. Okay. Okay, I like that. So we move along now to back to the hotel after he's gotten all that information he needed. He gets back and this is where Minute 69 comes in. So he gets back and he's like, Sydney, where's Sydney? He's looking for Sydney. Where has she gone? That's when action, Jackson springs back into action. And that's when you heard the door slam open. And then that guy is the junkie guy. And they basically end up in a full-on fight. Yeah. Jackson stabs the junkie guy with a syringe. Uh, Meanwhile, though, we cut back to... Who do you think we cut back to? Some guys we met at the very start of the movie, or like close to the start Oh, the two guys, the two cops. That's right, the Tweedledee, Tweedledum cops. So they spot Jackson's car. And of course, as we sort of discussed earlier, he's kind of a person of interest now, isn't he? Yeah. And they go and sort of investigate. They see his car, and they're walking around the car... And then all of a sudden, what do you think happens? Jackson's upstairs having a fight with the junkie. And he comes flying through the window. He comes flying through the window. (laughs) (laughs) 
So the two uh, Tweedledum cops, obviously, they scramble to get upstairs to get to Jackson and Sydney. But what did Jackson and Sydney do? They jump onto the car roof. That's pretty much it. They jump out yeah. and they jump to the floor below. <laughs> and then they steal uh, the other cop's uh, car. So in proper GTA style, they steal the Fantastic. cop's car. Fantastic. And then our two cops, they try to commandeer a woman's car. And then they're like, you know, um, Detroit PD, we need your car. And the woman's like, uh, hell you do. And she like sort of pushes the cop off and then just speeds off. And then they're left standing <laughs> in the middle of the road. <laughs> just like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Oh, great. So Jackson tells Sydney that, you know, Peter, he's going to have her killed too. At this point, they're driving frantically through the streets in the stolen cop car while it's sort of intense music plays. They begin to argue back and forth. Jackson putting the pedal to the metal, getting faster, faster. And they're having this shouting match. It's all revolving around like, I need you to help me. You're invaluable to taking him down. And they end up screeching, uh, tire screeching to the sort of resolution of like, okay, fine. I'll help you. Oh, she's trying to scare her, scare her, saying, oh, you know, yeah. he's just driving as fast as he could. And she's like, God damn it, no. And uh, she agrees, reluctantly agrees to help him. Yes, essentially is what happens. Um, and so from that, from that little interaction, you know, tension's now cut. We cut to nighttime. Sydney and AJ, they arrive at the Red Devil Bar. Sydney, is, she's nervous. You know, she's about to go in. She's got to go and talk to this Oliver O'Rooney character. But, you know, Jackson, being a smooth talker, gives her a bit of a pep talk and a smooch before she heads in. And she finds Oliver O'Rooney. And she says that Peter sent her, Peter Delplane, and they leave. And all of a sudden, so we went from night, we went from day to night, uh, and now we're back at daytime again. So I don't know how long <laughs> they've been driving. It's continuity <laughs> error, massively. She leads him to a factory, some sort of factory thing. And he climbs up a set of stairs, old Oliver. And he is met by... Who do you think he's met by? Peter. It's not Peter. It's Jackson. It's Jackson. He's met by Jackson. Um, Are you ready for some action? Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Have you got any other cards you want to play? I was just thinking before. Um, We're sort I of coming to the, the climax-ish. Yeah. Um, any any think... big swinging suggestions you want to make with, uh, yeah, plot? Or... Well, okay, so we're in a factory of some kind. This is the car factory, isn't it? Um, I think it I think it is. I think it is the car factory, actually. Yeah, you're right. Right, okay. Yeah. So they get there. He's like, bro, what are you doing here? And so um, he's going to, Jackson's going to wait for old Peter. He's going to make Peter turn up um, somehow. Maybe he's going to call him and... Uh, so I got your boy Rooney here and uh, blah, 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 blah. And hopes that Peter turns up with his crazy uh, invisible men. Um, which, well. <laughs> invisible men. And tries to draw them out so he can well. uh, have a showdown. Well, you are you are very close there, sir. But kind of no cigar. I'll, I'll, tell, I'll explain what I mean. So okay. instead of him wanting to draw out Peter... Peter arrives, kind of unannounced, is what happens. So, oh. just like Dee and just like Tony before us, we get introduced to Oliver, who gives us another little bit of sweet, sweet, <laughs> sweet, sweet exposition. As if there does wasn't enough already. It, does he tell us a whole evil plan? Oh, we're getting close, my friend. I'll give you a ding for that, because we're getting close. <laughs> so, essentially, 
what's his name? Oliver basically goes into this, right? So we've got, uh, he kind of goes up these stairs expecting to see Peter. And he's like, you're not Del Plain, Jackson. And he just looks at the guy, he's like, you know who I am? And then Oliver, you're, you're Jackson, the local boy who didn't make it so good after all. Well, you know, real rubbing salt in the wound. Okay, we know he lost his stripes, guys. <laughs> God. I'm still a tiger, guys. Just leave me alone. <laughs> exactly. Jackson, <laughs> that's right. And he's like, what's happening tonight? Because he, he's been trying to get invited to this party. He's been left out of the party, mate, is basically what it all boils yes. down to. And so Oliver's like, party? Party for Raymond Fass? And then it's just really back and forth. Jackson, what's happening at the party? Di- and then the other guy, <laughs> Oliver, dinner? Dancing? Jackson, don't screw around with me. And then uh, <laughs> Oliver's like, all right, all right, he's going to kill Foss. So Foss is obviously another character, you know, in in the way of um, Peter reaching greatness. So, you know, he's going to go. Wow. Um, and so essentially Jackson goes, why? And luckily, my God, luckily Oliver just spills the beans. You know, another, <laughs> another guy can't keep it shut. He's like, basically says so that... Um, that Oliver can take Foss's place and obviously then install Oliver as like a minion of Peter essentially so that Oliver will become the president of the union and then he'll be the puppet for for Peter essentially is what's going to happen I see Jackson says who's going to kill him and then Oliver says you sure you want to know Jackson do I look like a man who has trouble making up my mind who and then what do you think that Oliver says it's a little shocking. Who do you think is gonna kill Foss, Rob? What do you think he says to him when he's like Jackson? That's right. He says <laughs> you are. Whoa. Wow. At this point, though, Sydney calls for help in distress. <gasps> Peter. It's, it's Peter. Peter and the gang. It's cool and the gang. She's double crosses him. Ooh. No, that's incorrect. She hasn't double-crossed him. No, she is just being held hostage, essentially. Oh, sorry. I thought you said he Guy, see. Oh, right. She's calling for Jackson. No, she screams in like a... In a sort of despair. And so we now met with Peter is on scene with his invisible men, which does sound like a sort of 80s band, obviously. Or porno. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I will try and run through... Like, this movie has basically been broken down into sequence of exposition dumps so this is the final dump rob um (laughs) so you're gonna get your wish this is the whole plan laid bare essentially um i will try and go through it i'm gonna sort of summarize as we go along but please okay dim the lights unless there's any other cards you would like to play forever hold your peace uh no i don't think i've got any cards left to play man i think it's just let this let this unfold. Let the uh, dump commence. Okay, so we start essentially with Peter saying, I would imagine that you have a thousand questions, so please feel free to ask. So it's literally <laughs> just a hall pass for all the characters to be like, explain the entire plot for us. So oh Jackson says, you know, why do you want to kill Foss? And then Peter gives up. He's like controlling because he basically wants to control the union. But then Jackson says, controlling the union won't help your company that much. And then Peter then starts to outlier his true intentions. He's like, that's true, really. Uh, you know, if cars were all I cared about, it wouldn't be worth the effort. But, you know, cars are just the hobby. His real interest is power. And that the AWA is more than just a union. It's a power block. And he's like, don't underestimate their strength. 
And he goes on to say in, in 76, they helped elect a Georgia um, peanut farmer to the highest office. <laughs> and then Jackson's like, so you're saying we're going to have President Del Plain to look forward to? And he's like, not really. He's like, I'm a kingmaker rather than a king. So essentially he wants to be the puppet master in the, uh, in the background. Yeah. And he's like, you know, there's an old cliche that says true power rests behind the throne. Fortunately, we have a government that's proven that cliche is true time and time and again. He's a cold villain, our Peter Del Plain. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't give a fuck about anybody but himself. He, he you know, his wife, his son, anybody. It's I all know. about getting to the top and making, uh, it's making all, puppets out of us all. It's all about that. So Jackson's like, so how are you going to kill Foss and get away with it? Peter's like, good question. Mr. Gamble here will take care of that. He's going to dress exactly like you and head to the and head to the party and basically take him out. And then that's when Peter says, to, uh, he says, to most of my guests, all you look alike anyway. Ooh, yeah. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Yeah, dear that's oh dear. a nasty thing to say. So at this point, Action Jackson is chained up like a Stretch Armstrong, I should have mentioned, whilst he's laying all this on him. <laughs> what do you think he does now then, old Peter? He does the classic Bond villain thing, and he... Oh, he leaves him to to escape in a highly easily escapable situation. Yes, exactly, in a very ludicrous uh, way. <laughs> he does the classic. <laughs> At this point, yes, he leaves. Not before, though, he states that it only leaves Sydney. She's the loose end. And unfortunately, she will die, Rob, of an overdose. That is the plan. No. That is the plan. That's the plan for her. Um, but this pisses off Jackson. Ho oh, ho, he gets pissed. He gets yeah. pissed. And he shouts at old Peter and he says, What do you want from me? And Peter says, What do I want? He says, I want you to die. It's <laughs> just basically what he says. He's like, no I way. want you to die. That's it. It's a yeah, classic Bond villain. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <sighs> How do you think Jackson's going to get out of this predicament? He is currently chained up. He is being approached by one of the goons who has a kind of like welding torch, you know, so super hot. And one of the goons, he says, he says, um, it's time for a barbecue. And he starts bringing it closer. It, it gets close, Rob. It gets closer. It gets closest. And Does he, it's almost at um, his face. Is Jackson, uh, is his feet tied up? I don't think his feet are tied up, but he doesn't use them at this point. He's pretty, pretty uh, in there. Um, does he... Do you think uh, he might have head some butts help? the torch or blows the uh, oh uh well we help from old uh from Sydney oh she she would be a good hand but she does not appear there is someone from this movie that pops up again that seemingly hasn't really been around that much we have met them earlier they have a very particular oh, set of beliefs uh... Oh, well, hang on a minute. Hang on. They're 270 pounds. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, it's this Sydney, Sydney's uh, uh, bodyguard bloke. 
<laughs> it's Ed. It's Ed. It's our. What's Ed doing it's there? Our, it's our Muslim loving mother effing Ed. <laughs> and he. he jumped. He's this medical, medical, medical school Muslim. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> What's he doing there? What the fuck? That's a very good question. But so basically, this, this blowtorch, tension building, it's getting closer, it's getting hot, he's starting to sweat. Everyone's looking like that first act in Top Gun where they're all glistening and they're rippling muscular bodies because he's also topless for some reason in this scene. And, <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, of course. And so Ed the Bouncer appears <laughs> Ed the Bouncer <laughs> appears from the rafters and just it, he introduces himself by saying, Hello, I'm Mr. Ed. And he just jumps. <laughs> <laughs> He just yeah. He says hello, I'm Mr. Ed, and he jumps down from the rafters with a paint gun and just sprays one of the goons in the face. And then he says, "You called about a paint job," and he just like sprays this guy in the face with spray paint, and then knocks him out, kicks another goon into like this electrical grid thing, who just gets electrocuted in crazy uh, fashion, and then catches fire. Uh, Action Jackson. He manages to get himself out of the contraption and he grabs the welding torch, points it at a guy carrying a gas can, and then he quips something. What do you think he quips? It's the opposite of the temperature that he's currently holding. It's, uh, oh, cool it, man. Or something. Yeah, he's basically like, chill out, and then just like sets (laughs) the guy on fire. And then, of course, (laughs) the guy explodes because the guy was carrying a gas canister. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my god, yeah. wow, what a crazy turn of events. Mm-hmm. And so then our grenade gun goon, he rears his head and he's currently trying to stalk down <laughs> Mr. Ed and Action Jackson. They managed to tackle the gun out of his hand and then Jackson's got it. And Jackson also has another quip. This is the goon who was like, time for a barbecue. So now Jackson's got the gun and he's like, barbecue, huh? How do you like your ribs? And they're like blows him away. <laughs> oh God's sake! Yeah. Wow. These these are terrible quips. They are, mate. Oh, I hope you're enjoying this. I hope you're enjoying. Yeah, this I am. I'm enjoying the fact that Ed comes out of the rafters somehow. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Where the fuck? What is he doing? Like Quasimodo swinging out of the bell tower. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. Wow. I didn't expect that at all. Now we finally get to the party, you know, the party that everyone's been talking about. Yeah. Action Jackson is at the party with Albert, the um, Albert Einstein, the young kid, uh, Louis, the uh, Louis Armstrong guy, uh, and then <laughs> and then the um, and then the hi, I'm Mr. Ed guy. <laughs> and so Peter is. Uh, we cut to a scene of Peter, and a woman walks up to him. They're all at this lavish ball, and he's at his like big mansion house. And this woman dressed in white walks up to Peter. She's like, you know, good party, blah, blah, blah. And then she just quickly says, she's like, um, I'm I'm actually totally scandalized. I don't know why she used this word. She's like, I'm scandalized. No one was there to park my car. She's just like shocked that no one was there to park her car. So immediately that prompts Peter to be like, something is wrong. And so he just sort of he sort of he sort of cues to his goons being like, check the perimeter. Hang on. No one's no one's asked where his wife is. Nope, no one's asked where his wife is. No. <laughs> She's unforgettable. Oh no, actually, who? who? Oh, I wasn't married. I don't know what you're talking about. That's exactly Jesus. right. Jesus. But no car wow. parking. Disgusting. 
And so he, yeah, gestures to his goons to be like, you know, check the perimeter. Something is wrong. Check the grounds. Um, at this point, our taxi goon dressed supposedly as Action Jackson. And the only thing that he's dressed as him as is he's put on like a turtleneck and put on a fake moustache. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Is he even black? Yeah, he's black. Yeah. Oh, he's black. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Jesus! Pretty mad, pretty mad. He's sitting in a location. Where do you think he might be sitting? Out of curiosity, you know, he wants to get a vantage point of this boss guy that he's got to kill. Well, he's at, he's at the mansion, right? He's at the mansion. He's at the mansion, but they're outside in the courtyard. Kind Is he of sitting thing. in a tree? He's sitting in a tree. That's correct. <laughs> the old bird's nest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's just got a fake, um, yeah, fake bird nest on his head. He's gonna shoot him and then just jump out the tree and go, "Oh, quick! You seen me? Oh, I better run away." <laughs> <laughs> he just starts, a zip line out of it. Yeah, it just starts squawking. <laughs> is it a plane? Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's Action Jackson. Exactly. With all new quick running action power. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, so pretty ridiculous. And fake moustache <laughs> sold separately. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's got his sights on Raymond Foss. Party's going down. The tension starts to build. Raymond Foss, he's up there, he's making his speech, he's you know addressing the crowd, and um, Albert sort of runs through the crowd. He sees the taxi goon, you know, and what he's up to. This draws attention a little bit to the crowd. Raymond on stage kind of laughs it off, but then suddenly Action Jackson swings literally into action on a string of lights <laughs> and causes the goon to sort of lose focus, and he only wounds Foss in the shoulder. Um, but then for some bizarre reason, our taxi sniper rifle come... What was his other job? Uh, delivery man. <laughs> yeah, delivery man. Is set in electrical blaze because the lights that Jackson was swinging on caused this electrical fire and it all just sort of <laughs> sparks. It all sort of sparks and starts exploding and he falls out the tree. And then what do you think happens to him when he falls out the tree, Rob? Any idea? Oh, There's a squelching God. sound. It's a squelching sound. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Hang on. So he... <laughs> squelching sound. What happens? Did he get run over? He doesn't get run over. What might oh happen? My God. Maybe some things... You know, you know, he doesn't... Yeah, maybe some things move in his squelching way. Squelching sound. Is he falls into the pool or something? He doesn't fall into no, the pool. No, he can't do it. No. He gets impaled... <laughs> quite dramatically he just gets impaled and you just got a shot of uh jackson kind of looking you know down the lens and you just sort of hear this like squelch sound and that's him he's gone he's he's been impaled wow okay and he got electrocuted by the lights that yeah set him on for- oh my god wow okay so so at this point people are panicking things are just all manic music starts to ramp and then peter says quite literally I'll meet you at the chopper. So we're at a get to the chopper situation. <laughs> then Lewis, Joe Lewis, Louis Armstrong, he's got a fighting persona from back in the day where I think he was called Kid Sable. And so Kid <laughs> Sable, Louis, decides to, you know, he's fighting off one of these goons and he confuses him with some fancy footwork and it just cuts to a scene <laughs> of Louis's feet and he's just basically doing like the fucking Lindy Hop and he's just like <laughs> jiving. And then all of a sudden, Dale from earlier appears, shoots the goon. Kid Sable turns round, aka Louie, and Dale's like, Hey, you, you're Kid Sable, ain't you? And then Sable says, You better believe it. And then. That, 
just pointless. And then we swiftly, <laughs> swiftly move, swiftly move on, swiftly move on to Dale um, and Jackson meet in the crowd of chaos. And um, Jackson says, Are "You going to take me in?" And Dale says, "Any reason why I shouldn't?" And then we hear a scream. Who do you think screams? Sydney. It's Sydney. That's it. She screams, Jackson. And then there's this like sort of moment where Dale and Jackson sort of look back and forth at each other. And then Dale just kind of looks at Jackson and goes, fuck it. Throws him a gun. Like, you go get it. Go get it, cowboy. <laughs> oh, my God. Brilliant. He just throws it up and he catches the heel of the gun and goes, <laughs> you won't regret it. Basically. <laughs> right. So he's, he's running up. He's going after Peter. Yes. The car that was briefly touched on, uh, the Haley. That car makes an appearance wrong because obviously Jackson is going to get in that car. But the thing is, Sydney's in the house with Peter, but then Jackson wants to get into a car, and then but they're in the house, so we've got car. <laughs> he drives the car <laughs> into the house. <laughs> he drives it around the house like it's a circuit at Silverstone because <laughs> this house is massive. He's basically like the trike kid from the Overlook Hotel in bloody The Shining. And he's just going around those hallways. And he basically is saying to himself, as all the tense music's going on and things are ramping up and it's all getting action-y, he's turning corners in the house and he's like, hot, harder. And he's just doing the slogan from the car commercial. And then he says, hardest. And then he crashes into the room with Sydney and, uh, and Peter in there. And just basically crashes, swerves the car. And it's so big that there's a car in this room, Rob. There's a massive double bed. And there's still miles of distance between Peter and Jackson. <laughs> in this one room. In this one room. And I can just imagine. This is brilliant. It's just so stupid. And so basically then what happens is Jackson gets out, gets out. You know, some, some shots are exchanged. And then there's a quick Mexican standoff style. So we've got Jackson with his gun. Peter with his gun pointed at... Sydney! Poor Sydney. And he was basically getting ready to inject her. I forgot to put that point in. You know, he said she was going to go by overdose. Oh, he was no. getting ready, Rob. He was getting ready. This guy, cold, hard baller. But then Peter puts down his gun. He raises his hand that he had his gun in. And then he uses it to... Judo shop. No, not quite. <laughs> he sort of uses it in that fight gesture of like, okay, let's do this. Right, Bare knuckle. Okay, okay. He hasn't got his name with a word action in it. He's got no chance. Well, you think that, right? But Action Jackson, he starts getting his action ass handed to him a little bit. And so, you you know, it's seemingly Jackson is, you know, kind of getting, uh, yeah, getting his ass handed to him there seemingly winning our Peter but then AJ digs deep uh, well, I, well Action Jackson uh, digs deep upbeat music starts to play and then Jackson says now you've pissed me off and, then, <laughs> and he kicks Peter's ass and shoots him dead <laughs> oh brilliant why did Peter put the gun down what an idiot exactly. Peter yeah Peter Piper should have picked that bloody pistol up. That's what should have happened. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, wow. And of course, in doing so, he rushes to the aid of Sydney, but not before one last little scene where... Who do you think rocks up? Oh, is it Ed? It's not Ed. Some other dweebs. Is it the chief and the two idiot cops? <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Seemingly out of no, quite literally nowhere, they just appear in this room. Not even guns blazing. They just sort of stroll in. Okay, so we got the cap. He's like, I want the paramedics and a meat wagon down here right away. And then the cops are like, yes, sir. And then the captain turns to Jackson. He says, I want a report on my desk in the morning. And then Jackson says, in the morning? In the morning? I got some loving to do, man. I'm going to be doing so no goddamn report. Captain says, in the morning, lieutenant. Oh. And then Jackson yes. says... Lieutenant? <laughs> and then one of the Tweedledum cops says, Lieutenant? And then the cap goes, Is there an echo around here? <laughs> so basically, so a lovely little way of being like, He earned his stripes back, Rob. He earned those stripes oh, back. Oh, redemption. Yeah, redemption. And then Sydney says to him, You said you wouldn't team up with a junkie. <laughs> and... And then she says, how about an ex-junkie? And then he's like, wait a minute, are you kidding? It's easy as that. Pretty much. She says, cold turkey. And then she's like, you can have me on Thanksgiving. How's that? Oh, God. And then he's like, can I have you any sooner? And then they smooch and roll credits. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, oh. pretty crazy. Pretty wow, what a movie. Mad, exactly. I mean, there was a lot of action for Jackson, wasn't there? There was a lot of action for Jackson, mate. There was a lot wow. going on. There was Just a lot. The explosions and the, the people dying, the way they died, fantastic. Mm -hmm. And if it oh, wasn't for enjoy. Tony, D, and Oliver, they would have had to make this movie like double the length because they basically gave away the entire storyline <laughs> in their in their respective like you know five-minute scenes that they had. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hats off to them for making this movie what it is. Oh, so, yeah, yeah so that oh. is Action Jackson. Um, it's not a critically acclaimed movie, despite having, um, you know, Carl <laughs> Weathers. But the guy that plays Peter Delaplane, he is the guy who's the coach from Blades of Glory. You know, the Blades of Glory, like skiing coach. Oh, yeah, the ice him, skating yeah. coach. Yeah, yeah. Him, him, yeah. It's, oh, his name is... Uh, Craig yeah, T. I Nelson. See yeah. yeah, oh, brilliant. Right, okay. I see. Sharon Stone is in this. Oh, yes. She plays Patrice. She does play Patrice. I didn't realise that was her. It was so old. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realise that and was Sharon Stone. <laughs> the woman that plays at Sydney is just called Vanity. So Yeah, well, you know, it's the 80s. You can have a one one name. Oh, uh, hang on a minute. Is that on. the guy? He's the guy who plays Biff from Back to the Future. I think he might be one of the cops. He plays... Officer Cornblay. Yes. Yeah. He's one of the cops. Yes. One of the idiots. <laughs> oh, my God. What? There's so many famous people in this, Mark. It's a good movie. Yeah. I mean, I quite liked it. Like, it did. Holy crap. There's a guy from Predator in this as well. A different guy. The other player, the guy who plays the other goon. Oh. He's the, other, he's the black guy from the Predator. I'm sure the. No, is he in it? Is he in the Predator? I'm not sure. I obviously know that the main character's in the Predator. Yeah, he is. He's in the Predator. He's in Commando as well. Hey, oh my there goodness. You go. I mean, me, even my more reasons to watch. Oh, he's looking old now and skinny because before he was quite a heavier set guy. Yeah. 
Well, but, uh, wow. as you've learned there, there's, um, yes, there's a lot of layers to reveal to this. So Bill Duke, his name is. And, uh, oh, man, you got Biff from Back of the Future. Yeah. you got, oh, wow, this is fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to need to watch this movie. You should. So where can we find, where can we watch this movie, Mark? You can watch this on Amazon. You do have to rent it on Amazon, unfortunately, from what I could find. Right. Unless okay. anyone else wants to check their other streaming services out there. But it was on Amazon to rent yeah oh look just action jackson it's like a target thing yeah uh, it's wow it's pretty it's pretty fun it is a fun movie um it's strange yeah it didn't really get obviously like i say critical acclaim i think it's got quite a low you know classic rotten tomato score but its no, budget not... to make it was seven million and it made 65 million so actually like financially it was a great yeah, success okay well that was brilliant i enjoyed that thanks for that mug i hope uh people listening enjoyed that as well and uh Got the thrill they needed from this this ridiculous film. <laughs> yeah. Classic 80s action crime thriller. Exactly. Like, if you love Lethal Weapon, you know, this is the Lethal Weapon's, you know, second cousin. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Wow. I can't wait to see what we have up next, Mark. I mean, oh, yes. we we're going from left. We're going from all over the place. We had a ridiculous comedy last week. We had a we had an action crime comedy this week. And I wonder where we'll go next. Thank you, Mark. I enjoyed that ride and in un- unraveling the craziness that was Action Jackson. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And um, yeah, until next time. Um, yeah, we'll see you soon, guys. Yeah. See you soon for the next Crazy Keeper. All right. Ta-ta. Ta-ta for now. Bye-bye. Bye.